0: failing or not succeeding or it just maybe not being something you enjoy like that's not the end all that's not the ultimate there's always still something that you can go back to but you go back to it with a new set of knowledge and sometimes i know for me my failures are usually the biggest learning opportunities for me
2: Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast and I appreciate you listening to this episode. If you've been listening this year, you know that we hit 1600 episodes at the beginning of this year and we're doing something a little bit different where we're repurposing our favorite episodes around certain categories, topics, or as I like to call them, business pillars that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners or what I like to call CB Nation architects who are looking to level up their organizations. This month, we are focused on innovation, disruption, women entrepreneurship, DEI, gig economy, remote economy, even the cannabis industry. Think about these industries and these disruptive technologies that really sometimes aren't as disruptive, but there's people that are just paying attention to what the market needs and they're providing that. So really think about the things that are quote unquote outside of the norm, but really help entrepreneurship to grow and fully develop. I think it's an extremely exciting time when you're talking about any type of innovation or disruption, because I think that there's so many opportunities and needs that aren't felt that are starting to be filled by different groups, different organizations, or even different industries. So what I want you to do is sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Jared Bauman of 201 Creative Media. Jared, it's awesome having you on the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Good to be here, Gresh
2: yeah super excited to have you on and what I want to do is just read a little bit more about Jared so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. and Jared is a co-founder of 201 Creative media, a digital marketing agency that specializes in SEO, social media and marketing for small and medium-sized businesses. Prior to 201 creative, he was a co-founder and president of shoot shoot do, don't, don't edit shoot.edit the premium post-processing company for professional wedding photographers worldwide. Jared has 20 years of experience of history of leading new innovative and marketing efforts both as a consultant and also as a business owner and as a nationally known public speaker Jared has spoken in front of tens of thousands in public and online educational events along with releasing a book titled simple steps to master public speaking which reached number one on Amazon and public speaking during its very first week Jared are you ready to speak to the IMCL community.
0: Yes, let's do it.
2: Let's do it. So to kick everything off, I wanted to start at the beginning to hear a little bit more about your story, your CEO story. We'll
0: let you get started with your business. Yeah, I've been running uh, my own company since I was 19. This is uh, 201 Creators, my third company. My first company was actually a, a wedding photography studio here in the greater San Diego, California area. But it's funny because I actually had somebody ask me just last night about it, and I remember you know, this being a podcast about about being a CEO, being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. I remember that moment when I decided to start my first company. I was working for the federal government in a really boring desk job, and mm-hmm. it was something that I was supposed to follow along in my career path. I was nineteen. I was interning and transitioning into a job, and there's so many good things ahead of me in this career path. But I remember sitting and looking at my window, and it was two o'clock in the afternoon. I just couldn't wait to leave for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I, I thought to myself, and I'm sure a lot of different people at different walks of life who've thought about being an entrepreneur have thought this. What would it look like if I did try to go start my own business, which had always been a goal of mine. And I realized that I could probably come back a year later if I failed. Actually what I was thinking is when I failed, <laughs> I could come back a year later and probably come right back to this exact same seat in this exact same building and keep doing what I did, but at least then I would know that I wasn't supposed to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And there was something in in that nineteen year old me that drove me to to really want to go out and fail just so I could not have to look out that window and wonder anymore for the rest of my life. And then it turns out actually it was something that I was able to to push through and to be successful at. So, but uh, yeah, so that's, that was the start of the journey. And then here we are now.
2: I appreciate that. It's so funny that you said that goes in your head, because I often will say the same thing where a lot of times we have these, I don't know if I want to call them stable, but things that are maybe more institutions that are always going to be around. And sometimes we have the opportunity to go for it to try and see what we can do, see how much we can fly. And we can always, if need be, go back to those institutions because they'll always be there.
0: We forget that it's not like a parachute, but we forget that failing or not succeeding, or it just maybe not being something you enjoy. That's not the end all. That's not the ultimate. There's always still something that you can go back to, but you go back to it with a new set of knowledge. And right. sometimes I know for me, my failures are usually the, the biggest the biggest learning opportunities for me. So I took a chance knowing that even if I failed, I would learn a lot and be able to come right back to something like that. anyways.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And nothing's more, I guess, regretful than having that regret and not doing something, not in trying and failing. It's really in not trying at all that mm-hmm. really is the 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 seat of disappointment. So I, I know we touched on your business a little bit more. I wanted to, if you could, take us through exactly what you do for clients and how exactly that process works.
0: Yeah. So we're, we're a marketing agency. We do, we do marketing for mostly small and medium sized businesses. It's mm-hmm. our sweet spot. There's basically two types of clients we work with. It would be a local business, a business that is servicing local clients, oftentimes with a brick and mortar shop or even an on online, uh, you know, like a delivery business or something that's serving local clients. And then there's more of the national or even international clients. And, uh, we, we basically will handle one or two or three different components of their marketing for them. One of them being SEO, which would be search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. A second being social media, whether that's from an organic side of things. We, we do a lot, for example, in organic Pinterest implementation and, and, and management for clients. We also will do paid ads, like a Facebook ad campaign. Mm-hmm. For clients And then the third would be email marketing, email funneling, setting up funnels and running different conversion landing pages through email, that sort of stuff. So those are the, the three areas we will basically work with clients on typically. And it's great for small, medium sized businesses, mostly because oftentimes, those are companies that either as they're growing or in the current spot that they're at, they have a gap in a certain area of marketing. Certain for, certainly for small businesses, you can think of like sometimes smaller companies only have one person who's the jack of all trades for their marketing. Mm-hmm. Or even as they expand, they say, we have a graphic designer now, but, and we have somebody who specializes in content writing, but we don't really have anybody do email marketing or, or social mm-hmm. media marketing. So that's where we really slot in really nicely is with companies where we can be an expert for them in specific areas that they might have a blind spot in.
2: Yeah, that makes so much sense. And just as you said, depending on the size and stage and and, and how many team members there are on or within that marketing department, or if you are the marketing department, uh, which can also be the case too, you want to be able to have, it sounds like obviously the hands, but also that expertise to be able to lean on to know how not only you can complement what you might already be doing, but probably even integrate it and improve it as well too.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's more, I've had clients who will tell us that the the, the biggest gain they've gotten is actually just learning about how to process through their marketing. And Mm -hmm. many will hire us for a a short-term period to help them with, say, their SEO. But then Mm -hmm. as they dedicate a team member to working with us on, that will slowly be something that they can begin to take on, and then they'll reposition this into other areas. And so it can also be a great way, like you said, to grow, but to do it with a watchful eye or with a critical eye towards excellence and towards what's working in the industry right now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I hear it a lot of times with, especially a lot of coaches, a lot of times coaches will say, if you're hiring me you're working with me forever, then I, I'm doing my job wrong. Cause the idea is to get you to be able to be in a place where you can continue to build and grow, you can expand and reach and, and crush those goals that you spoke
0: to. That's, that, that would be the ultimate. I mean, you want to work yourself out of a job. There's always the next opportunity for a company. Typically. I mean, I say always, but there there always is one, whether they want to pursue it or not is it, it, sometimes depending upon the, the company's goals and whatnot. But you really, if, if you're not working yourself out of that six month or three month scope, if you're not achieving that and getting to the point where it's not necessary anymore, then to some degree, like you said, you're not really necessarily achieving all that you're setting out to do.
2: Yeah. And not, definitely not reaching the potential that you often have. So it's important that you, you have like that. Now, obviously, I know it's a, I guess a client relationship, but it definitely sounds like a partnership as well too, because you also want to see the best of that organization, that company.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I just, I had a client call this morning where we were talking about the partnership and how Mm -hmm. we can check all of our, all the tasks off and and achieve the scope of the project. But it's really about becoming a partner that integrates into the broader goals of the company, Mm -hmm. right? The KPIs, the key performance indicators that they're looking to achieve as a result of the the work we're doing. And, And at the end of the day, If we can integrate into the company rather than just achieve an outside set of tasks, (laughs) then the company is going to be able to rely on us a little bit more, but also to be able to grow. An example would be I think all of us at different points, whether it's in our job or whether it's in our own company that we're running, when you hire an outside vendor, sometimes it can be harder to just work with that vendor and almost be more work than the work Mm -hmm. that they were able to give you, right? So you start to think that's like the great outsourcing dilemma. So it's really important to us to become a partner rather than just become another outsourced vendor for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and let me ask you this. Would, would you consider that to be like your, your secret sauce? I call it uh, the thing that kind of sets you apart and makes you unique. And of course, it could be for you personally or your organization. But do you feel like the ability to be that partner and integrate into an organization is really what sets you guys apart?
0: Yeah, it's funny because that was one of the things we had talked about going into this Interview is what's one thing that kind of sets you apart or makes you unique, and that—that's exactly what we would say is our ability to slot into a company, to not just be a vendor, to not just be an outside agency, to be an actual partner, to become almost a team member. To, and we have different ways we do that, but really, when we work with a company, we want to become one of theirs. That's our goal. We want to slot in, and that's we have different ways we do that. But at the end of the day, that is the most important thing for us because. And again, I come back to it's one thing to hit a KPI, but it's another thing to do it in synchronicity with the company, because Mm. in marketing, there's a lot of different metrics you can look at. But if you're not achieving, not just the metrics, but the actual helping the company actually achieve the goals, then it's, it's not moving the company forward. And we found the best way to do that is to not just be an outside vendor, but to slot in and become a partner with the company.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So, this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I was trying to figure out if I should go book or if I should go hack. I'd rather go hack because if I gave you my book. The E Myth Revisited. It would be a book that I'm sure has been mentioned a hundred times in your podcast already.
2: It um, <laughs> is always a great book.
0: <laughs> it, it is. It's so process oriented. Here's a hack I I've been doing for probably a decade now, and I actually I make everybody on my team at least try to do it. I'm sure when whether they embrace it fully is up to them or not. But mm-hmm. but it's it's a really good hack that I've really found gives me a lot of, of of daily success, and that is it's this hack for how to tackle the inbox. You know, the mm-hmm. inbox is just constantly getting full. And it was really backing me up and mentally blocking me for a long period of time. Every morning right now, I go into my inbox and I have this system that I use to tackle it and get it down to basically zero. That's the goal. And I I open every single email. And if it's something that I can take care of, whether it be forwarding to a team member, whether it be just actually addressing it and being done with it, whether it be creating a task for a team member to take care of, if I can do it in less than five minutes, I -hmm. take care of that right then and there, archive the email and move on. If it's something that when I open, I look at it, it requires more than five minutes of my work. Maybe it's something I need to look into for a client. Maybe it's a team member who's at a stopping point. Maybe it's about preparing for a meeting. Whatever it is, it's going to take more than five minutes. I create myself a to-do item on my, on my to-do list and I archive the email and I move on. And so by the end of that, every morning, I have a zero inbox and I either have accomplished everything there or I've moved all those items over to a to-do list where I can come back to and tackle them in a, in a, in a better manner. A man that's not trying to use the inbox as a kind of half communication device, half tracking, half to-do list, half project management. And that's where I think it gets confusing. I've had a lot of success with it. It really helps me organize my day. It doesn't make me feel overwhelmed. And I don't tend to lose track of a lot of the things that end up in my inbox that are these little tasks that either stop team members from moving forward or stop clients in their tracks or scheduling gets slipped through the cracks or things like that.
2: I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So that could be like a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be around digital marketing or SEO, but what's something you might tell yourself or maybe a client or or your younger business self?
0: I think to me, one of the most important things in business in terms of being a CEO, owning a company, running a business is that you tend to, you tend to deal with mostly negative stuff during the day. And I don't mean that your company's failing or anything. I just mean that you tend to deal with either problems or challenges or issues or potential challenges or potential issues. And so it can be really easy if you're not careful and you're not managing your emotions. It can be really easy to get down on either yourself, on your company, on certain team members, on certain projects, on certain initiatives. And it's really important to manage your emotions I think that would be my tip
2: yeah absolutely no it it makes so much sense so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a my absolute favorite question which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO and we're hoping to have different quote-unquote CEOs on the show so Jared what does being a CEO mean to you
0: ah being a CEO at the end of the day to me means being a good and effective manager of people At the end of the day, no matter what you do, no matter what you sell, no matter what your company is about, you're dealing with people. You're dealing with the people that work for you and you're dealing with the people that are your clients.
2: Truly appreciate that. And I appreciate the definition. Obviously, appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do was pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and listeners know. And then, of course, how best they can get hold of you and find out about all those things you guys are working on.
0: Yeah, I would say to just keep pushing. (laughs) That's something I remind myself every day. I've been doing this for 20 years now, and uh, you you think it get easier, right? You would think that it and it seasons, it does, and it seasons, it doesn't. And no matter where we are in that entrepreneurial journey and in the journey of, of being a CEO, just keep pushing, keep getting better, keep pushing yourself to do better, and and, and don't give up. If it's it's not time to give up, don't give up. <laughs> yeah. Get a hold of me. Our, our website is two hundred one creative dot com. That's where you can find out more about some of the details what we do, but best places to find me are probably on LinkedIn. And uh, I can give that to you for, for the show notes. But mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate you having me on here. And I uh, would be happy to answer any questions anybody has and They're more than welcome to reach out.
2: Awesome. 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 I truly appreciate that, Jared. And we will definitely have those links and information in the show notes so that everybody can click through and follow up with you. But thank you again for that reminder, too, about keeping on pushing, because I think you only fail if you quit. And I think if you continue to understand that it's it may not be the same challenge as yesterday, but it may be a new challenge. It's going to be a challenge and continue to keep pushing on no matter what. You can definitely continue to find your way and hopefully find success. So appreciate that. And, and that reminder, hope you have a great rest of the day.
1: Thank you for listening to the I